Good evening. Dharma talk is titled Abandoning Anger. And this idea of abandoning, I'm not sure what the original word was in Pali when uh, Buddha talked about that in different places, including in uh, Majima Nikaya, abandoning the defilements. <coughs> and I'd like to address it this way that you can't abandon or let go of something you have not really, really inspected. To try to abandon something that you have ideas about, perhaps a lot of experience of, a lot of opinions, ideas, uh, conjunctions, gatherings of parts about that situation, about anger, why it happens. Is there someone? Is there someone that gets angry? Is there something to get angry about? And so on. What seems to be necessary is to be able to see that in its raw state. Uh, I'm not saying you can't abandon, but the direction to abandon, the direction to let go, the abandon, aban the, the direction to abandon or let go or step away from or uh, renounce or all of those other activities uh, that have to do with some kind of action, some kind of letting go or some kind of pushing or some kind of getting rid of. I realize that that's a very provisional teaching and very fundamental to the Theravadan path and to Hinayana Buddhism in general, or sometimes called the lesser vehicle, which is meant descriptively not judgmentally, as sometimes is thought. At least that's the way I mean it. It's just smaller because it's just involving your own liberation. Whereas the Mahayana path involves pretty much everyone's liberation but yours, though yours is included because it's everyone. And you're everyone. So why not? <clears throat> Pardon me. So it seems to take a lot of awareness, intention around seeing what fundamentally the anger is or any of the other uh, difficulties or clashes or defilements or problems. I think in, in the Majimindakai, I think there's 16 of them. And I, I don't recall them. Uh, some of them are envy and uh, covetous greed. And the others. Domineering was one of them. I'd like to see the the I think the poly word or whatever that was. There's a word like that. <clears throat> so again, coming back to square one, we really need to look at the fundamental nature of anger. And that's difficult because when we are reactionary, when we do get uh, angry about something, upset about something, um, quite often we want to do something with it. We want to validate it. I'm angry because of this, or we want to do something with it, uh, which is also when we say, I shouldn't get angry. That's also doing something with it. Shouldn't get any position on it, any position other than just, I'm going to use this word, which I rarely use, allow give space to, is a simple way of putting it, the anger, allow the anger. It will not eat you up. It might, but it'll only do it once. So I actually have an experience of the deep texture, the membrane, the actual interior kind of, uh, you might say, quality of the anger, the hot, the heat of it, the texture of it, the, the, the sharpness of it. And to, to understand that in, in that way, and that isn't necessarily done on the cushion. The cushion is your preparation to work with that. So on the cushion, your sitting practice of meditation, sit down, hold still, symmetrical. Just observe. Do a lot of it. Schedule it. Time it. Strike a bell start. Strike a bell to finish. What happens in the, between the two bells is as much stillness as possible without going to war with the causes and conditions that arise as your thought forms, the constant flow of 
back and forth, up and down, right and wrong. I like it, I don't like it, it's good. They shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have said that. I'll never do that again. That's the last time that person's ever gonna say that to me. I'll tell you. We all have those interior cartoons going on. And you don't ha have to stop those. That's what is so difficult to see because the feeling of the anger, the feeling of the rage coming up, or the feeling of whatever one of the, the other places might be showing up. Whatever one of those is showing up needs to be seen for what it fundamentally is. It's just phenomena. It's just stuff coming up that is dependently arisen. It has a, a intensely personal or subjective feel to it. That's why we so get. That's why we get so hooked on. I'm feeling this. Somebody must be feeling this. It must be me. Difficult. It's very seductive to have these emotions that uh, feel so personal that belong to us. But there's no one feeling this. There's no one feeling. The feeling is there, but there's no one there. So this is why I don't take the approach. Maybe that some people think the Buddha was taking, which I don't think he was taking necessarily, is you have to drop all that stuff to get rid of it. You have to scuttle it. To get rid, you have to drop it. You have to go beyond it. This is a misunderstanding. It's not that you might need to work with that in some way, but if there's a strong awareness practice, practice at the same time, you will eventually begin to learn for yourself that pushing on anger is a misunderstanding that leads to more war, more anger, more pushing. Some people, when they get angry, they can't, they know that they can't sustain the anger by themselves, so they need to find somebody to blame somewhere. And if you happen to be in a relationship with someone who's angry, which I'm sure some of you have, and they get angry and you don't, in other words, you're kind of above the anger, that makes them more angry because they need an enemy. And if you're not willing to be the enemy, then they'll convert you into an enemy by mocking you. Mocking you, making you, challenging you, um, uh, criticizing you, or saying, oh, you're so wonderful, you never get mad, those kinds of things. And the way this shows up in each person is going to be different enough that there is no methodology that I know of. I'm not saying there isn't maybe 30 or 40 of them, whereby you can just do this, this, and this, and that deals with the anger. Whew, God, that's over. On to the next problem. What's the next defilement? I'm going to work with that. Is there a schema for that one? It seems to be necessary to do this yourself. You need to do it. You need to sit down with your body, speech, mind complex and ego forms and structure of self-centeredness or lack of self-centeredness and look at these situations as they arise. Anger, when anger arises, just observe. Not easy, but practically impossible. Not even practically, it is impossible. But seeing how you can observe is also awareness. <clears throat> this uh, this uh, area of a priority the priority is the awareness, not the accomplishment of getting rid of your anger. If you go in that track, circles, more and more circles. Uh, the only way to work with it directly, it seems, and immediately, immediate, is just receive. Just receive the anger as the anger arises. You push down with your anger or your irritation or your obstinacy and don't necessarily abandon the very emotions or feelings of anger that are rising and go into some kind of artificial abandoning. If you want to abandon anger, see where it gets its nutrition from. And then there's nothing left to abandon because it has no more fuel. See where it gets it. And the way traditionally it is talked about that it gets that from the belief that it, there is a solid separate self that has been wronged or a solid separate self that has some kind of a distribution of uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance that's flowing in the mind stream. We have no idea what caused that, who caused it, why it's there. We just know we don't feel so good. That needs to be 
observe them. Just observe them. <clears throat> and then, a conventional way of saying it, once you get up off the cushion, the sharpening area where you're sharpening the awareness and you go into your everyday life situation, then anything that comes towards you, uh, whether um, magnetizing or threatening or, or disinterested, will be received uh, with a sense of equanimity that you don't have to create. You don't have to create balance or equanimity. Everything is totally in balance. It's just that the human being tends to uh, go to war with that on some level and accept them, some things, fight with other things, try to change gears without pushing in the clutch. Can't do that. You need some space and there needs to be some kind of space before you can move into one area. <clears throat> from one area into another area, I should say. And that that movement can be quite smooth and spontaneously. If you give it some room, you get, you get, allow the, uh, again, the word allow, I don't care for that so much. Maybe I would say uh, just be aware of the, uh, of the self-existing space. It's always the case. We're, we're ignoring the space. You can't create space or you might discover it but we can't actually create something that is already the case. All of this being said, I'm also not saying that if you, if you're a practitioner and, and you, you begin to get a clear idea about how that negativity functions and how destructive it is for yourself and from your, from your mates and your friends, children, co-workers, and so on, that you may, uh, you may drop that. You may abandon that. You may uh, allow that to drop away. Uh, you could use those words when the actual situation, if it's really complete and thorough and direct, there's no one dropping that, and there's nothing to be dropped. That's true dropping. Might be a good time for questions since I can't really see anybody, but uh, some ugly old man on the screen. I have a question. When you're bowing. Yes. So a very recent example of intense anger was the video that has been displayed most of today about a black man in Minneapolis who was killed by the police. Yes. The knee to the neck and... The anger, the, the, it, yes. what is the anger that that <clears throat> white man felt for that black man? What is it? Yeah. It's just dependently arisen. There's no solid being anywhere. Even that anger that is arising there is dependent. It's dependently arisen. It just manifests in a human form and goes to war with something it perceives as an enemy. And so it's conditioned. You, you can't just go in and you can, that might be a good start in our, in the context of our societies to go in and make the arrest and, and they should be charged of that fellow probably with murder. I mean, that's the law. But what that is deeply is that he's, his way of, uh, uh, he, he's, he very much like every being wants to be happy, wants to, wants what they want, uh, different levels of greed. And that is dependently arisen. Uh, no, there's no solid situation that is the original source of that that you can blame. If you're going to blame, it just, you settle for some kind of relative blame, which is that. But you could also go back and say, how was he raised? How were his parents raised? What was his culture? What was the input there? And if we, in our tradition, uh, and the way I work with it, uh, with the help of others, is we actually go into deep consciousness and discover the source of other lifetimes. It's possible. I'm not proclaiming it. I'm not recommending it, but I'm not ignoring it. More? So I find myself enraged by the lack of action by those other three policemen, as well as bystanders who were filming this and smugly think that I probably would have done something differently. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't know that. So Hard to know. Unless you're in it, it's... And I looked at it too, and it's 
it's heartbreaking to see. It's just, and then seeing his family afterwards and just very, very painful to watch. But to, to abandon what is you're seeing and go into blaming, you, you, you can't find the source of the police department, of the very the very activity of police to serve and protect. Kind of a hype. I've yet to see that happen very much. Maybe individuals, some some uh, policemen actually take that uh, kind of code seriously. But a lot of it is just uh, wanting to have power. Just they don't have any power, so they become a police officer. So then they're, they they have power at least for a little while. More. So as as a practitioner, though. It's easy to turn my back on that situation. So yes. is that ignorance? Well, yeah, it's a, it would be ignorance to turn your to forget about it and turn away from it. And that's one of the reasons I have the marches and everything to keep it in people's consciousness. <clears throat> but it, but the whole Leviathan, the whole the whole momentum of this kind of situation this situation is is the very thing that's been pointed at for centuries even the buddha there were people money changers in the temple so to speak to use that always people looking for power and advantage and, and intense greed and sometimes people are born who who have a different vision they see the suffering as the, the buddha traditionally saw sickness aging and death and uh and he saw the path or he saw a monk so he saw sickness he saw aging, an old person, he saw a corpse, and he saw a monk. And he he wanted to look more closely into this rather than just believe what his father or mother or family or, or the other uh, <clears throat> Brahmins were telling him. So he looked deeper and discovered something <clears throat> and began to share it with others who asked him about it. And it grew into uh, his teaching, the teaching of the awakened one. And so it's, it's not about going to war with anything. It's about awakening to the fundamental nature, the radical, radical nature of existence, which is consciousness only. And even that's just words about something. That even those words kind of help a little bit, but um, it, it seems I mean, it seems to be. It is necessary, my understanding, it is necessary to see this yourself. If you see this yourself, there isn't anything else. You, you don't look for anything else. And the only way you notice that is you notice you're not, you don't need anything. You don't need anything. You don't even need to be alive. And that's not a nihilistic thing where you're going to kill yourself. No, you're not going to go the other direction. But you don't need anything. In your mind, it just feels like, uh, I mean, you say over and over again, train your mind. Uh, I do. And in situations like this, it, I don't know, it doesn't seem like enough. Is it enough? Well, it's never going to be enough. I mean, we're, we're, we're in society. Uh, we're part of this whole matrix. We're not separate from our families and our friends and neighbors and people, people all around us. So we're not just because we begin to train our minds to see more deeply. It doesn't mean we abandon, which used to be thought of in ancient times as leavers of home. You had to leave home. Uh, I don't think so. On the other hand, in that ancient time, with very low ability to communicate, that probably looked like the only way to do it, is to shave your head, put on a robe, and get a bowl, and go off into the monastery, and uh, spiritually distance yourself from a crazy society. That's basically what all that's about. Same thing. Meditation is the same thing. Of spiritually distancing, which I see that's all over the internet, used by other uh, approaches to the spiritual path. But it's just a matter of separating yourself so that you can see more clearly what it and not be so influenced by the constant warp and woof of uh, of um, passion and aggression back and forth. Passion and, uh, passion and aggression weaving the tapestry of ignorance. So it's just eventually just becomes so dense that you can't see the truth and you settle for what's in front of you or what you think is in front of you which are your ideas, your opinion, your structure, your, your church, your meditation group, your teacher, your... Don't settle. Don't settle. If I, have, I don't have anything to say other than just train your mind. Don't believe anything I say. I don't need it. You don't need it.
Um, thank you. Uh, since she wants to know, can we have anger without blame? That's the only. That's the only where where you can have anger is without blame. Because if you if there's blame in there, then there's also rage. There's intense fixated anger, anger that some kind of you know I want revenge against so and so for this or that. And so, uh, anger, anger can come up. I mean, if we're if you're a human being, which we are, I know Sensu is. Was it Sensu that asked? Yeah. You know, just like with Rumi, look, Rumi gets angry at this and angry at that. And, you know, you want to say to Rumi, Rumi, just a little kid. You got everything you want. Just, Bam! I want, I don't want that. I want this. So where do you think that comes from? Can't find the source of that. But we attribute, what we do is we back it right into an apparent individual and say, Rumi has a bad temper. There is no Rumi. There's no Sokazan, there's no Sensu, there, there's no solid being. That's why these Dharma names are given. <clears throat> Kanbaiho. That's Rumi's Dharma name for now. Uh, Kiyun asks Does feeling the anger give the stage to the actors that. Somewhat. There's a loosening of the tether of. Uh, of uh, greed and and uh, clinging and fixation, uh, if one is just just not for the anger, not against the anger, just noticing this is anger. There's anger. You might might even be able to feel anger without the words anger. And then yes, then the the karma that is your uh, your part in life is your karma. So everything that's happened to you has happened out of causes and conditions, not out of anything you did or didn't do. It's just a misunderstanding. I'm not saying we don't have some responsibility. We do, but it's an even bigger problem than you thought. You're not only responsible for your own actions, you're responsible for everybody's actions and anything that occurs anywhere, including the eclipse, including the COVID-19. Your fault. You did it. This is your world. So when I say your fault, of course, I don't mean fault. I'm just saying responsible. The ability to respond, response, ability, the ability, my my use of the word, maybe not somebody else's, not, not about blame or it's your job to take care of this. No, you, you, it's your responsibility. So you need to, I need to, we all need to respond to whatever comes up as clearly and directly as possible without any blaming, with a, with a, to get a little bit romantic about it, with a deep, clear understanding of our lack of separation. And how we're we're not we're all not all part of this. We are this. Part of this is too separate. We are this. You are what you're looking at. If if that uh, if that shows up for you as a as a realization, uh, you won't be separate from uh, your kitchen cupboards, separated, and you'll know the separation, and you're separated from another person but fundamentally not separate, but you're separated enough. You know, the division between yourself and others, you'll no longer give anybody any advice about anything based on your stupid ideas about what they should do and shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? Not just you, Kuhn, but anyone, you, you know, we have, you know, what it's like to have somebody look at something you're doing and immediately start helping you with it. You should do this. You should do that. You should, if I were you, you know, I would, Join the racquetball club. I mean, after all, you're, you don't have any ability to play baseball. Nicole has a question. She says, it seems as though every time anger arises for me, it turns into sadness and tears. Is this abandoning anger? <clears throat> no, you're just converting anger into passion. So, and probably there's an interlude in there where there's an ignorance. Uh, just might pop up there's anger and anger and anger and then some then a shutting down happens and then that same intensity of emotion is transformed into the other of the three poisons um passion and then there's an expression of sad feelings or or regret or just hopelessness or just what are we going to do sadness it's hopeless to ever deal with this i just got angry and i feel so bad about it and i, re I really regret it 
So three, they join, they join hands and they say, let's rip this world apart. The rooster, the, the rooster, the snake and the pig, passion, aggression and ignorance. Those three symbols are from ancient times when people couldn't read. So they held up a picture of a snake. This is aggression. Or I think it was the rooster. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The pig is ignorance, which doesn't make any sense because pigs are probably smarter than roosters and snakes put together. So use whichever one you want. But that was the way the teaching device that was used for those who were teachers of awareness, meditation, spiritual path, especially in the, the Tibetan and uh, Indian traditions and so on. Japanese, Chinese, Korean traditions. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. This is the wheel of the three poisons that if you, when you have anger, if you do nothing with the anger, it will, that anger will, and there's no promises here, but it will crinkle. If not, it needs pushing more anger. It needs justifying passion or it needs shutting down or ignore. I'm just going to turn away from that. I'm just not going to do it. Stomp away. You know, you're mad, but you're, you're just going to leave uh, as if you got rid of your anger. You know, your anger just con con converted itself into cement. If you don't see that, then you, you then you're you're on a, the wheel. You're on samsara. You're on the wheel, of back and forth, back and forth, up and down, back and forth, around and around and around. How do you see it? You need to train your mind to see clearly anger. And there's, there's no praise, no blame. If there's praise and blame happening, sneaky, manipulative form of ego that is based on pride. I want to win. I'm not willing. Me, I'm so important. I'm not willing to win. I'm not willing to. I mean. I'm not willing to lose. So important to us. And we're, we're, we're willing to continue to make ourselves miserable and those around us in order to perpetuate that, that uh, group of uh, things that are not true. Yes. Shoto has a question. He asks, if we don't need anything. May we still have hobbies and interests where we gather things? Five hobbies. No more. <laughs> or collect stuff. Airplane, model airplanes, uh, American Sign Language, um, foreign language linguistics, preferably Chinese or something that is not with the romanization, and uh, building things for Sokazan, and um, daydreaming. So to answer your question, of course, yeah, that you might even have be more interested in certain kinds of things, in music or... Uh, ornithology or might really have an intense interest in, in things based on causes and conditions that brought you in here in the first place. So yes, those could be very strong. I still draw pictures, do a lot of painting. I, my intention originally was be, to become a great genius artist. I didn't work out too well. Not that I didn't work hard at it, I did. That's how I spent in check. Yes. Juzan has a question. Uh, actually, two of them. Uh, where is the space when events seem tightly packed together in time? Yes, they're in the space of your perception. So when you see that you see events are tightly packed together in time, that is space. You can't you can't witness events being tight packed, uh, packed tightly together in time unless you see space you have to see you can't see them because you have to see the space they're in what's right in front of you not to time and space it's a big height then he asks what does it mean to not settle on your meditation group So basically, the idea of not settling, I say that often, just I'm just saying, appreciate yourself, appreciate others, give people the space to be who they are and function the way they function, but don't necessarily settle on something or fixate on something as being, this is the way, this is the right way. We got it down. We know what to do. Other people are full of it. Or to go the other way and say, this doesn't work. This is terrible. This is, uh, all we've got is a bunch of people uh, uh, trying to uh, cooperate and they have they, don't, they can't even communicate. They're all speaking a different language and people are aggressive. People want power. People are jealous. 
You notice right in our sangha the jealousy in our sangha. I'm not even living in there, and I can see it. And I'm not saying to get rid of it. You don't have to get rid of anything. It's just energy. But it's energy that is, aligns itself with a subject that wants something else. So it's the second noble truth. The intense word for that is greed. Wanting things to be different than they are. I don't have enough of something. Or I, I can't. I can't get get rid of enough of things I don't like, negative feelings and so on. More? Not on that, but Kozan has a question. Certainly. In reference to um, the situation I brought up. With uh, the, the shooting of uh, the George Floyd, was it? It was the shooting, but it yeah. was, yeah, the knee yeah. on the neck, yeah. Uh, what would be a sane way to help the situation if the officer is not asking for help or interested in a spiritual path? Well, like I said, to, you know, today, and I don't know what, what I were there, um, I don't know how sane it is, but if I'd been one of those people walking by, and you could say, oh, sure, yeah, you would do that. Yeah, I would, I would knock that guy off of him. I would save the person's life. And I don't know what would happen to me, but I couldn't watch somebody on somebody's throat with their knee with you know that smug look on his face and with that uniform and with the other people standing around very haughtily and other people saying I was I was interested to see that no one actually would say this is an actual situation with all of your stuff going this is something you could actually do something about right then you could save someone's life he's about to die no one did that and of course I'm an old man I might have gotten three feet to the them and they would have shot me or something or or if i'd been there in and with that situation with the fragrance the odor and my own i'm not there so you can't uh, you can't hypothetically say anything it just looks like um i, I wouldn't be able to stand it i wouldn't have been able to stand watching it just like the other video of the woman with her dog she was strangling her dog and no, no one seemed to notice uh, i don't know if Anyone noticed, but no one commented on the news how she was torturing her dog at the same time she was saying she was being threatened by someone. And uh, I guess it was in New York City, Central Park. So you don't know what you're going to do. But, but to watch someone strangle someone else, even though they have a uniform on. And he was crying for his mother. And he was to as a gentle giant. And he said, watch that. Again, it's dependently arisen. There's no one to blame there. Though You can't blame an individual. But you also, because of the structure of our society, you can't just ignore the structures. You have to observe the forms. Observe the forms. And in our tradition, um, I say, observe the forms. We don't obey them. It's just a little tiny way of treating everyone like an adult. You're a mature person, observe the form. You come and live in a monastery, this is the form. Do you agree to do this? Sign here, you can stay here, here's your tuition. But if you, I know you found the uh, people who are at the monastery, people who are monks or lay ordained or, un, or not ordained, know that if they don't align themselves with a the form, nobody's gonna come after them. I mean, if they did it week after week, never showed up for practice, and it, all we would say is I would have an interview and I would say, maybe you should live somewhere else. Just because it doesn't work with the community. It's not about, it doesn't align itself with communication, cooperation, collaboration, so we can have a sangha. But strict uh, adherence to, to rules or laws or forms through someone else's force just adds to the problem. That being said, if you're born into a society where the very structure is zero way before you got here and the causes and conditions that created it probably need to obey the law. Whereas in the monastery, observing is a good idea on a spiritual path. Further questions are welcome if you have Wendy has a question. Wendy. Is practicing not doing anything selfish? <clears throat> no. I mean, that might be a, the feedback you're getting from your 
from your from that aspect of your mind that thinks there is somebody who can maybe not look too good, or somebody else might think that they're lazy. So, as it says in Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training, of the two, keep the principal witness. That means you and everybody else, of you and anyone else, me, your husband, your dog, your employer, any. Keep your principal witness and consider everything else. But when you get when it gets right down to it, you need to be the one who understands this deeply. And of course, you get the help of an employer by giving you a job. You get the help of your of your husband or wife by being a kind of team with them. So that's all. And same thing with a meditation teacher. You get help from a, a teacher. But of the two, keep the principal witness. Only you really fundamentally been with yourself since you got here. Only you really know who you are. You know if you're being self-centered. And you will know it more and more clearly the more you train and sharpen your, your rajna or wisdom. Hakaran um, bowing, she asks, does volition, self-expression, and intention also um, are also considered to arise like anger? So there's a lot of volition, uh, self-expression, self-expression, and intention. Do they also arise, considered to arise like anger? I don't think they arise in the same way. I think I think there's a dependent origination that happens there. That is, uh, some in some areas can be very refined and very creative. Uh, I would use if I want to use a strong metaphor. You got a volcano, which could be said to be an expression of the earth. And you've got uh, um, you have plants, uh, arising trees arising out of the earth. So the combinations of heat and fire, air, earth, water, all of that come together to create different kinds of movement, of expression, and so on. So um, I wouldn't couple those all three. I think they all have a they're all they're all subtleties that are arising in different ways. I think intention it usually is something that comes out of inspiration, the intention to move in a particular direction because of some idea or inspiration about a given subject. And then, uh, again, expression. Um, it depends on, on what's happening with, the, with that whole consciousness around that. Is there a strong person who needs to express? That may not show up as art. That may just show up as strong self-centeredness. And the person may actually cover up their natural sense of balance by being too expressive, being so important about showing what an expressive person they are and how they just have to express themselves. A good example of uh, a strong expression that was that did not have a self behind it, at least uh, maybe they did at the kitchen table with their family. But when they were painting this particular person by the name of Franz Klein, who died, I think, in 19... 65 or something like that, mid-60s. Powerful black and white paintings. He was a New York school painter. Powerful paintings of just angles of this, you know, piece of canvas, uh, six, seven, eight, eight, ten feet wide or tall, huge lines of black crisscrossing. But they were just, and they were forceful. But they were extremely beautiful. The balance there was impeccable. And it was... uh, uh, it was a, a, a very sincere expression that went probably went through a lot of uh, um, um, trepidation about even painting in such a way. I don't know that for sure. I've never met the man. So what was the first one? Expression, um, self-expression, and... Uh, it was a volition, self-expression, and intention. So volition, how, how would you define volition? I don't know. Will. Willful. I would think that would be coming out of some kind of causing conditions that are causing some kind of a, some kind of a uh, friction somewhere that in order to get get the friction to slow down, we might have to express something or act in a certain way or be willful in a certain way. So I'm not sure if that's helpful to you. We could discuss that further if you like. Michael Stoltz has a question. Yes. I think there might be a word missing here, but he said, uh, asked, so we do, I think he means, so all we do is observe that we live in a racist county, country? 
come on, Michael, isn't it? all we do. And, and that word is missing, so I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Well, no, of course we don't. All we do is that. I mean, that's kind of a, so all we do. No, but you don't necessarily have to go and go to war with that. Don't go to war with a tornado. When I say tornado, I'm not saying it's an actual tornado, but the causes and conditions that are behind that kind of individual situation where someone actually murdered someone, wearing a uniform, and they murdered someone who was a black man. That's it's a horrible thing, but the, the source of that is untraceable. I mean, go back to the 14th century. You know, when, when ship after ship after ship of Afro-Americans were brought as chattel, just astonishingly, and, and even some of the founders of our country thought that was, well, yeah, that's just part of the, you know, we're the white guys, so why wouldn't we run things? That's still going on. But you can't, you can't, uh, you can't really go against it uh, directly. You can only do it with your life. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some people who are able to dedicate their lives. Martin Luther King Jr., I mean, he gave his life for it. You could say, he said, must have said to himself, this might put me in an early grave, but somebody's got to do something. It might as well be me. I can almost hear him saying that. Somebody's got to do this. I think I have uh, I think I have the people's attention. I, I have, what do they call that stuff? Charisma. I have some, some charisma. I think I better use it to what, help my people. But what's missing there is there is no my people. There's people. And even that can be transcended through uh, a flash of understanding. Um, Katie uh, says reports are that the bystanders were pleading with the police to let him. I out. heard them. Yeah, I, you, can't, you can't plead with police. You would have you would have had to have you would have had to stepped into the situation and just I mean, you could have done it so skillfully. You could have. Uh, well, it was, what was it? Nine minutes. He had his knee on there. That would have been enough time to. Find three or four people to say, uh, I'll count to three, I'll yell something, and we'll all go and take those police down. I mean, it could have been down. Uh, but that's also, is that, isn't that a, a going to war with war? Of course it is. But you may have to kill somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not kidding when I say that. I don't mean to be cute. I mean, you could say to that police officer three days ago, you know, you may have to kill somebody. He might say, yeah, I know. But somebody else uh, that might have to stop that police, you may have to tackle a police officer. The, the causes and conditions there, it's very delicate, and it should come out of your awareness. And I'm saying, I'm saying I'm not so profoundly aware of everything that I would, you know, what what's the saying? Do the right thing. The do the right thing is to stop that man. It's a man's life is happening. He's, he's calling for his mom, who had passed away two years previously. He was very close to Cheryl has another question. Ooh. Yes. Yes. How should we keep the principal witness when asking for help from the teacher? Well, you're asking for help from the teacher. Teacher, what should I do about this or this and this? And then consider it. Say, okay, think about it. Ask questions about it. Uh, and then, then if you really feel like you know what you should do, and it's something that is against what the teacher has just said to do, you better go talk to the teacher, if, especially if it's me. If you're going to do something that I said, don't do that. And you know, all anybody who's a student of mine, whether there are a dozen people, maybe two dozen at the most, they all know that I never order anybody around, particularly. But if I say something about something, don't do that. Then I'm not your dad. I'm your Dharma teacher. But I'm. you may have to give me the benefit of the doubt and realize I might be able to see things a little bit deeper then you can, not just you, but anybody can. You, everyone's neurosis is glaring to me. And, you know, whose uh, neurosis is the most glaring? This guy. If I had, wasn't able to see what this was, I could not help anybody. The thing I also see, besides seeing the intense neurosis, self-centeredness, and narcissism, it, it is empty of personhood. There is no person there. That's an astonishing realization. You want that? I'll help you. Listen to me. I'll help you. I'm not shitting you. Ask another question if you have it. 
Kozan has another question. Go ahead. We go into prisons and see that it is insane to imprison people, but at the same time, we would like to do. We would like to do not have the officer uh, murder anyone else. What is a sane way to work with a murderer who is not interested in a spiritual path? A murderer, I think, is. What if all the people around were black, the bystanders? So she's got multiple questions. What is a sane way to work with a murderer who is not interested? You mean like that cop? So I think it, you just have to meet them where they're at. And it would be, and if you have not met yourself where you're at, if you think you know who you are, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of you do, if you think you know who you are, Go and approach a situation like that and see if you can meet that person where they're, you have to meet that person uh, in their own crib, in their own dimension of psychosis, schizophrenia, uh, any other name you want to give it. Confusion, delusion. Sometimes delusion is so highly polished that it can become the king of a country. It's just dependent origination. There's no one there. It's just that the labyrinth of confusion is allowed to fester and fester because people are greedy. They want money. They want power. And our country is full of it. So it's not just one person or one party even. And as far as uh, how are you going to help someone who's doing that, probably just keep your distance. If they, if they want your help, need your help, or they somehow through a side glance, see something you're doing and somehow are magnetized by something you say, they might come over and say, I could use, could use a note. And you might take it, take it from there. I've seen people that I've met, I've met someone who's murdered people. If they don't give you their, their permission, you can't help them. And I've met people in, of course, in, that's outside, inside a prison. I've met lots of murderers, and as have you, goes on. You can't, you can't do anything unless the person gives you permission, asks you. And even then, all you can do is recommend that they train their mind and give them the support that they need, either just generic support or teach them the Dharma, starting with the Four Noble Truths, Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, and the Chain of Existence, the Three, three uh, Poisons. And uh, the 16 uh, defilements, yes. Cheryl has another question. Good. Why is it easier to see that I have a problem with something when you tell me not to do it than when I try to do the situation by myself? Because you're, you're controlling the situation, and I'm seeing the situation. So I can see it, and you think you can control it. And why? Because you keep looking for clues that you're more in control. You see that you're not doing this, and well, you haven't done that, so there's another check mark. When I get 10 of those, I think I'm in control. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One more thing comes up, shows me I'm in control. There it is. I'm not trying to mock you or anything. I'm just saying that no one has control. There is no controller just looks like it. This is why it's so easy to blame people. We can blame people I'm not going to mention, and we can blame other people that support them. And we can and we can blame either end of the spectrum. You can blame anybody. But it's a, it's a misunderstanding and it's a, it's just a way out of responsibility. So it looks like everybody else is wrong and you're right. I like questions around this, so don't let me, let me get off too easy. You got another couple of minutes, probably, if you want it. If you don't, I'm willing to leave. And consumer says our electricity is back on. <laughs> well, Shoto's still here, isn't he? Yeah, good. So, uh, Shoto installed our generator, and our generator for the first time we finally used it. But we had to get him to come out to turn it on because I'm lazy. Jinchu does have a final question here. Yes. She says, uh, you said we can't find the source of anger. 
does anything have a source? No. Well, if it does, you're not going to be able to find it because uh, it's not a singularity. It's, it doesn't just like the individual personalities, uh, just like the, you know the old saying that my uh, stepfather got me into contemplating the fundamental nature of reality by saying, "So, oh, Bobby, which came first, the chicken or the egg?" Still, still contemplating. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Are we done? I do not see any other questions, so we yeah. could go ahead and. Here, I'm and just full of answers, and people are just worn out of answering questions or asking questions. So we can. That's good. I can go and polish my. I will lead us in that. Very good. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors, heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.